Hi, I'm Annette Richmond. Thanks for joining me for the Smarter Business Moves podcast. If content marketing is part of your growth strategy, head over to my new podcast, Content Marketing School, and visit contentmarketingschoolonline.com for resources. Now let's get on with the show. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Smarter Career Moves podcast. My goal is always to inform, educate, and entertain. Well, hello out there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I am so excited to be here with my guest. Uh, I am Net Richmond. This is the Smarter Career Moves LinkedIn live show. And let's get right to it. So Matthew, I'm so excited to meet you and have you here on my show. Um, Hannah Morgan uh, suggested that I invite you as a guest. And, you know, we obviously we both know Hannah. So she knows smart people. So uh, for for anyone watching, uh, now we're on the replay who does not know you. Can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. And thank you for the time. And uh, to my new friend, Annette. And uh, thank you, Hannah. Side, side note there. Appreciate that from a friend as well. Um, so essentially... Uh, I was a victim of a circumstance back in the 08 meltdown. Um, I was a recruiter s- since the early 2000s and was subjected to a layoff. And it kind of thrusted me into this new world of entrepreneurship. So for since 2009, I've been uh, the sole operator uh, of MJW Careers. It's my uh, career coaching business, which started off as kind of a recruiting quasi resume slash career coaching. I was kind of doing it all because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Uh, <laughs> slowly away from recruiting because we all know if you're a recruiter, there's no time to do anything else but recruit. So uh, I veered off and thought, wow, I'm actually getting people paying me to do resumes. This is wild because, you know, back in the day I would do them for hiring managers and not think anything of it. So uh, and then I realized what an industry this was and how much different it is in terms of presentation than it was when you're, you know, internal recruiter kind of stuff. So uh, I had I had to learn, you know, taking my bumps along the way and spending money here and there trying to get this thing to work. But eventually I'm finally at a point now where, um, you know, I feel feel really good about my my solution um, and feel good about the quality of products I deliver for my clients. So uh, but it's definitely I feel bad for the for the resumes that I probably put, put out in 2009. <laughs> Sorry to those clients. <laughs> I know. Don't we all? <laughs> and those were only 40 bucks, I think, or 25 bucks. So, you know. <laughs> Yes. So, okay. Well, well. Thank you so much. And again, I'm excited to be here. I just want to give a shout out to my friend Mark Anthony Dyson, who was out in the audience. So, thank you so much for joining us. And do catch the rest of it on the replay if you need to jump off. So, um, you know, one of the things that jumped out on me when I was looking at your LinkedIn profile is the idea that you have this, you know, backdoor approach to um, to connecting with employers. And, you know, many people, you hear this, I hear this, they think that a job search plan is sitting at the computer and applying to jobs on job boards. And often they will, they will sit there, you know, every day and do that and feel like they've really accomplished something, you know, spectacular. 
And as we know, that is not so. So can you um, explain a little bit about what the, the backdoor, you know, what you mean by that backdoor approach? Absolutely. And, and I will uh, start off by saying you're exactly right. What people need to understand that, you know, when the job hits the job boards, it's been through the ring already internally. So they already try to consider someone internally who, you know, um, and any, any avenue has been exhausted before they got to go spend money on advertising and spend money, or I should say hours of, of sweat equity for a recruiter. So um, the worst thing you can do is just apply online and think, hey, I've done it all. I'm, I'm pretty good here now. Um, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe back when things were a little bit newer, you know, in the mid 2000s, monster wasn't such the monster. But, uh, <laughs> nowadays, you know, like nowadays, it's like, yeah, I mean, you you really have to have the perfect circumstances meet where the recruiters look been looking for you and you happen to apply that day, which has happened. Mm -hmm. um, I tell people still apply, though. Because you want to be in the company portals. If you want to work at Apple, you got to get your name into careers.apple.com because internal recruiters are searching their ATSs or applicant tracking systems. Mm -hmm. uh, so who knows if they call you out of the blue in two months because you did eventually make a fit. Um, but having said that, that's just one layer. So if you're going to apply online, maybe just do it on a Monday mm -hmm. and then fill the rest of the week with tangible seed planning. Is, is So the backdoor work... Um, Job hunting is essentially just seed planting. All you're doing is farming your way through the network, seeing if you can get someone um, that may be able to help you eventually. So, and this is funny. I did a podcast last night. This was kind of what we talked about a lot of this. And um, it's amazing that, I mean, we both kind of, me and the, the guest and I both had this notion that, you know, when you look at it from a network standpoint, immediately you think, oh my gosh, this is so much work. I got to go and uh, knock down people's doors on LinkedIn and have no idea who I am. What am I going to say? What, you know, if they don't respond, you know, most people are just going to give up, right? And like, they try to kick the can on a, on a, on like a week long effort. And then they're like, well, no one's responding back. So this is stupid. You, it's patience. It's a slow burn way of trying to job hunt. But what's nice is think about like this, you have two to eight months is like an average job hunt is what I'm hearing through some stats here and there that, you know, we always get, and it makes sense. It's about a half year. Um, What's what's a couple months of truly trying to put your best effort in, and then the next two months, like I call it tickling, but going back and visiting those messages that you sent to people and following up and seeing if there might have interest. And, and what and I don't want to dive too far down. I know some of this will come out, but the, the key here though is is not to ask; it's to give. So when you're networking, starting off, trying to do this backdoor stuff, then uh, mainly um, just know that you need to be kind of uh, understanding that it's going to take time. You need to be consistent and don't expect people to give to you right away. You got to be doing the giving initially. You know, I, I love, you know, those particularly two points that you just made. One, that people try it for a week and it doesn't work. It's like, you know, if I start an exercise program and I do it for two weeks and I go, oh, I haven't lost any weight yet. So let me just, that right. doesn't work. That's not for me. But it, it's right. so, it's so true. And I love the idea talking about um, you know, the, this transactional, you know, thought process that many people have. And I have people, good friends of mine that say, oh, I have to network, come out of work, I have to network. Oh. And they think of it purely as sort of going to someone often that they don't know and mm -hmm. asking them for help. And what people don't think about is, you know, I'm sure we all do this in our personal lives. When I'm looking for a new vet, I ask my friends. When I'm looking for a new hairstylist, I ask my friends and that that is networking, but it's all about the relationship. Right. Exactly. And if you are trying to approach people that, you know, just call professional people, not your mm -hmm. friends, 
you know, yes. even colleagues. Um, <clears throat> so I always say, I believe personally, I like the informational interviewing aspect the best because people love talking about themselves and they love talking about their companies. If, if obviously, if, if they believe in what they're doing, um, let's hope that you caught them on a good day. Um, but essentially, it could be as easy as saying, hey, you've been at uh, um, Amazon for 20, 20 years in supply chain. You're a supply chain leader. I'm a supply chain manager trying to be at Amazon as a supply, a supply chain leader. This is, you know, you're going to go and approach this particular person on LinkedIn. Mention, tell them about how you are passionate about supply chain and wow, you are in an ideal role. It, you mind if I get five, 10 minutes to pick your, pick your brain about, you know, how you got to that point. And, you know, if the people are active on LinkedIn, again, this is, a, this is, there's a lot of variables, so they might not even ever be on LinkedIn. So, you, you know, it might go to the wayside and it's just because of that circumstance. But if they are active or if you see that they um, look approachable, this kind of thing, I mean, why not go for it and just put yourself out there? Because the worst thing that's going to happen is it's crickets. So, and, and if you do this with Amazon, you do this with Walmart, you do this with all these different companies, and then in the departments within these companies, I mean, bigger ones, obviously you got a you know big old pond. So um, have a tracker, have a scheduler and stick to it. And you'll see some of these seeds might start to flourish. Yeah, I, I love the idea that you talk about uh, specific companies and you know, I recommend that to people I work with. I'm sure you do too, that you should have at least some kind of a list of the companies that you would really like to work for. And, and that will help you, uh, you know, sort of determine that path. But um, one, I, one thing I think is a challenge for people is they say they want to, you know, work at Walmart or they want to work at Amazon. You know, tech is so big right now. Everybody right. wants to work at those, you know, cool companies, Dang. cool jobs. They don't realize they can have a cool job at, at a company that's not necessarily Amazon, but that's another story. Right. So, so um, how, what would you say are some good strategies um, job seekers can use, you know, to look for and find the right person that they should try to interact with, as you say, if they are active on LinkedIn. Yeah. So first, I mean, people obviously that are common. So basic title searches. I mean, you don't even have to niche it down to uh, a particular company. You could just do like your area. If you're, if you're only going to work in Denver. Okay. So, you know, you're reeling it in a little bit, right? So um, you could start with just simple titles, but I also, you know, in terms of like, who to find and and, and who to approach, it's going to be tricky with the bigger companies purely because, I mean, I don't even want to know how complex some of these titles get in general in the industry, let alone within mm -hmm. certain companies, right? So um, you really do have to do your due diligence of, of researching what was their career progression on their LinkedIn? Are mm -hmm. they someone who is in your sandbox or are they someone that um, maybe just the title shows uh, like it might be similar, but in reality, they have nothing to do with what you probably have interest in. So you really got to do a little bit of research, too, in terms of finding those 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 people um, groups. So like LinkedIn is fantastic uh, if you are engaging with uh, uh, some of these groups actually have a lot of followers. I've noticed that LinkedIn does it doesn't do the best job with trying to filter out some of these data groups, nor do they do a real good job about actually promoting groups, but mm -hmm. they're still active in some of these larger groups. And I, I know because I still try to engage. Um, but if you're looking at like LinkedIn groups, you're looking at like Quora. Quora is a great website for people that just give knowledge out. It's like a Reddit, but, but a little less wild, wild west. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so 
go type in supply chain manager you know, in Quora and see where, you know, what rabbit hole you can go down. Um, and then industry associations is a given, right? So like be active or at least try to be on lists and whatever interactions that organization's offering, associations like the supply chain managers of the world, whatever kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I never know associations. I always just shotgun those. But, um, you know, you want to be vested in your future and learning and acquiring knowledge. And, and you're going to try to start cold messaging people. Well, get that thought leadership developing too, upscale, upskill. And so as you're researching these people, don't just research for you to start putting in your tracker. Remember, tracker and schedule. You need those two things to do anything. So uh, hold yourself accountable and hold yourself sane by knowing who you've reached out to. But as you're doing that, you know, start to understand here is this manager I'm going to approach. Look at these things they have on their profile. Oh, I'm going to try to skill my way into this type of function or this type of function that I don't have already. So as you're also networking, try to also bear in mind your personal development and you will see, you'll start to grow and you'll start to adapt to the knowledge. And then you'll be able to um, kind of twist your way into how you're thinking about that, you know, about that particular subject. You'll start to apply it in your own world and then you'll have an opinion. Wow. Now you'll start to be a thought leader and then eventually you'll start sharing. So, I mean, there's, it, it takes work. But it's all about how much you're going to give in. I, I am a big believer of, like I keep saying sweat equity, but man, does that really get you going? Because now, how can you fail when you are putting so much effort into doing strategic uh, ways of job hunting, being strategic, upskilling, being strategic, networking? Um, but for who it is, yeah, just do some searches, start simple, and then you can zero in. The more niche, the better, obviously, too, because it's going to align, align more with what you want to do. Well, you know, of course, you're so right about the industries. I mean, there are industries for just about everything. And, you know, many of them have local chapters with, you know, dinner meetings or, you know, of course, many, many were uh, virtual and some are still virtual or hybrid, allowing people the, you know, the option. But also, I would imagine if you're going to a, a conference, maybe one that's not too far from you, that it gives you an opportunity to meet people in that industry. Exactly. And ha have some intention. You know, I've been on that. I've been the fly on the wall at some of those early networking events, and that's fine um, just to kind of get a feel. But uh, when you start to really build momentum and having a purpose for yourself and maybe your business or your career, whatever you are doing, um, as you go to these networking events, start having some intention and keep metrics. Hold yourself accountable with metrics. Numbers are a crazy way to keep goals going. So, you know, I'm going to meet three people and then I'm going to fall with those three people next week. And then I'm going to fall with those same three people in six weeks and then go from there and see how their response has been. But, you know, what I mean, like hold yourself accountable with some metrics. It's, it, it, it's amazing how things will start to be accomplished if you do that. It, it, it is true. It is true. And um, I have found personally that if I have a particular goal, something that I'm working on, when I when I tell people specifically, this is what I'm looking for. And I tell people that because I'm sure you hear this as I hear this. We work in the careers industry. We have friends that will say, oh, keep your eyes open for me. I'm looking. And it's like, OK, what are you looking for? <laughs> Right. what's the job? What type of company are you looking for? And, you know, if you help people help you, it really works to your advantage. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> and that's, that's the best when people are, are uh, uh, going after job hunts like that, when it's just kind of willy nilly, you're like, well, they might be uh, on the bench for a little longer than they probably could be if they, you know, zeroed in a little bit, but I get it. Uh, and it, and it's always the best clients are, you know, the frantic ones coming at you and you're like, 
okay, I'm not going to jump my process. I'm not going to go through different parts of my process to, to cater to this fireball. You know, we're still going to go through it and, and, and at the pace we need to, to make sure we're doing this right. Because, you know, it's only your livelihood and thousands of dollars at stake. But, you know, nobody <laughs> <laughs> I put more effort into probably figuring out what eBay item they're going to get next. And, and I, I know, I, I know, I know. And it, it, you know, it, it's so, it's so true. And I'm going to ask you more detail about that. Um, you know, uh, about the sort of this big mistake that job seekers make. And I think one of them is just lack of planning, but, but I mm -hmm. do want to, to ask you, you know, as a, a former recruiter and a coach who does LinkedIn profiles, you know, LinkedIn is a huge, big, noisy place. I mean, although there's 850 million people on there, uh, most of them are not active. I, I would say that, you know, maybe 50%. I don't know what the percentage is off the top of my head. But can you share a few things that people can, we talked a lot about the engagement that people can do on their profiles, you know, to make somebody want to call them, contact absolutely. them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first, being visible, meaning, you know, having some activity, which I think is a given. A lot of people won't want to post, though. It won't be harmful for you to post once a week an article that maybe a thought leader you've been trying to target has shared and you can post and share it on your wall. They're mm -hmm. going to see that you shared it. Right. And then maybe leave a little comment. Hey, here's my thoughts on this stuff. If you do that once a week, at least the, I don't know what the algorithms do. I mean, that's an Andy Foot question, but like at least you can like maybe assume it shows that you're active. But if you activities first. Second is when you want to optimize your profile, you have to play their game. So they're constantly changing things and whatever, but you you want to maximize everything. I mean, you don't need a bunch of videos and stuff like that, but I mean, if they uh, auto-populate your school, click it because that stuff's starting to get filtered in the LinkedIn recruiter software mm -hmm. or wherever else they're going to start doing their Boolean stuff. And so you want to be able to make sure you're being found by the by the things that you can actually control. Um, and then next, when it comes to the to the branding, so I'm a big advocate of like your career snapshot stuff. I like your your you know this work history like will pretty much take care of what your journey's been. So I'm not a big believer of like hey starting off going I've been doing this for this long and this it's like yeah we know we can just scroll down. Um, we need to know what you're going to do for me as a hire manager. And I know value's been thrown around a lot. I don't even know if it's the pandemic maybe or whatever, but it, it makes sense because. Uh, if you have a value offering and you want someone to pay you every couple of weeks to do something, um, you need to convince them that you're the person. And I mean, people always, I don't want to veer off too far, but people always think, you know, and I was a recruiter. So I, from this perspective but people always think like we have it against them. It's like, no, it's like, it's just a pain in the butt to, uh, get with the hiring team. Sort uh, a post and advertise source interview, uh, offer and do negotiations, uh, induction on and you know, onboarding and then training. We don't want to keep doing this as hiring managers, and so and it pulls them away from their projects. So mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. why, right? So they don't want to see a resume that's going to be taking them, you know, 15 years to get through. They and they can tell what you've been doing. Just start off the profile with a biggest bang for your buck of what you can do for these people reading it. What's your what's your your brand all about? What, what what are you good at and have value that people should pay you to do? And so um, that's my biggest lead. And for the um, the header should have some sort of title because now Google's picking up more of the Boolean search with titles for LinkedIn. So have the title so you are being found. If you're a production supervisor, make sure you have production supervisor in there somewhere, um, and then. Uh, have some sort of little brand statement of production supervisor, you know, that that with the sustained history of, 
you know, uh, and then maybe going to some, you know, with production, it's about efficiency and productivity, something with that, because that's what the hiring managers are going to want to know. Can you handle mm -hmm. us getting the workflow, right? Um, and then as you get to the summary, build out a nice uh, paragraph and maybe some bullet points about here's why I'm going to be the town all to your headaches. If, you know, because of your world that's being disrupted by not having night, night, enough talent. And then now I'm going to make your life easier. And here's why I'm pretty darn good at production supervising. And you can have some nice achievements there. That's mm -hmm. going to come in and that's going to show them that you're in the same sandbox because you're using some of the same terminology, things like that. And then start to just flesh in the details under your rest of your profile and ensure that when you're writing your content, every line sh you should ask yourself, so what? So mm -hmm. if you're a production supervisor, I was managing a full facility, 10,000 distribution center. Uh, so what? Well, but we were on time for the five years consistent. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. so now, yes. right. So just think about them, not you when you're communicating your content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that too, because uh, when I talk about this, I, I tell people, you know, if I'm the marketing manager at Nike, I'm doing the same thing as the marketing manager at Adidas. And it's what the impact that I have on my employer that is going to set me apart. And, and so that's where a lot of that stuff comes in. And, you know, I am a, a champion of, of video. And what I, what I mean by that, as far as the LinkedIn profile goes, is I know that there are many people who do not have uh, profile videos. And, you know, I recommend them to the clients that I work with because I have heard from other recruiters that it is a really good way to stand out because a lot of people don't have them. And so um, how do you feel about that whole area at the top with the uh, the headshot and the background photo? And, you know, I I worked briefly as a recruiter myself, contingency, and I hated in that being in that middle because, you know, as you were just saying, the um, the recruiter the in-house recruiter, the hiring manager, they're on a different timetable. This is just right. like something they have to do in addition to their job. Right. So, yeah. But, no, it, 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 how, how, how you're presentable, how you're presented does have, uh, we, we, we all look at profile pictures and we all have assumptions. It's just nature of being mm -hmm. human. So I always advocate cause I, I, I moonlight as an actor. Um, I always say have the actor headshot blank wall, uh, staring with maybe a slight little turn and then you want to tuck it, you know, kind of in. So you're, you know, kind of your chin in um, and then smile and you don't need to show the chompers, just have a nice smile wearing, you know, it, it, depending on what you're doing. Um, if you're a production supervisor, maybe a nice white collar shirt with a pen or something. Or, and if you're a, uh, a business person, have a sports jacket with a, a no tie underneath, you know, collared shirt. So, you know, depending on, you know, where you're at, in, you know, in your space, you'll kind of get an idea of what, what that present presentation looks like. Um, so I'm an advocate of, yeah, taking that very serious in terms of your profile headshot. A lot of people slap it together and I'm like, oh, that is not a good idea on LinkedIn. And then I am, I'm not going to lie, I'm very biased towards the 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 banner. I, I love the people that put like the TEDx's and like where you're in an event and there's a thousand people. Um, I, I personally could never quite capture a, a photo like that during all my speeches, but uh, one of these days. Uh, but I do like that because you, you want to have some sort of authority or thought you know, kind of like, I hate to say thought leadership, but some sort of presentation that you're perceived as an expert. So even if you're, you know, five years in, you've got some expertise, right? So let's show some of that off. And if you can do some of that in that, that banner, um, even better. Now, the tricky thing with that is like, for us, we can write stuff all in that banner. Hey, career coach, you know, I can mm -hmm. help you with this and this. 
Whereas if you're an employee, you're really not going to be trying to think of selling a, a solution or something, but you are still selling yourself. So mm -hmm. maybe if you get on Canva and jazz up something really neat that just stands out mm -hmm. uh, uh, or, um, you know, just any sort of photo that captures you being professional with some sort of uh, 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 some sort of, um, you know, where you're going to, you know, make, uh, what am I trying to think of the word? Excite the audience. Um, I can't think of that. Oh, grab their attention, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, so, but I, but I'm with you on that though. It's, it's important. I think people who don't use pictures are doing themselves a disservice and they have no idea about it because they don't think it's, they think the words might be the only thing that matter, but on LinkedIn, it's still a social network, meaning you're, yes. you know, you got to play the game. <laughs> no, I, I love that you said that because people think often that, you know, well, LinkedIn is a, you know, it's a business platform, but it's still considered social media and people want to see that headshot. And one thing that I hear from people, if they don't have a headshot is like, well, you know, they're, they're afraid of uh, some kind of discrimination, too old, too young, too, mm. you know, ethnic, not ethnic enough, what, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, they, they forget that people are going to have to meet them anyway. It's not right. like you're going to be hired and nobody's going to see you until you right. walk into the office on your first day. Um, and, and it is all about, you know, um, the, uh, the uh, attitude, you know, in, mm -hmm. in your photo, because people, you know, we're visual, we're visual beings, but I, I love that. And I'm glad that you mentioned Canva because even with a free account, you can go on and take a template and just change the colors and, you know, so that it's not exactly like everybody else's and have your name up there or something. Because, you know, my thinking is if you have that generic background, it makes you look generic and kind of unsavvy. Right. And and it's like if everybody's who's looking for work or or isn't kind of this professional social network that is LinkedIn, um, if you're not making those efforts to kind of be out there and engaging and, and and sharing your your expertise and listening to other people and engaging on you know this kind of stuff if you're not doing it yeah it might not hurt you but I'll tell you what the people that are doing it recruiters notice that stuff I mean especially the depending on what they're recruiting for maybe not all of them maybe they don't need to some of them they're just trying to find a body that breathes and <laughs> I've been there you know we have to do inspections for these automotive tier two companies at you know one in the morning in Youngstown Ohio um, but the, the, the most, most recruiters though, if they want to find the right person, you're telling me they're not going to go look at you on social and then go look at you on LinkedIn and go, wow, Hey, this person's been sharing some neat stuff, or at least they mm -hmm. are sharing things and are active. They must have an interest in their career and soaking up knowledge. People want, they don't want clock watchers. They don't, the hiring managers don't want people that are Friday at four. They're out of there. Um, I know it's like, you know, Hey, you know, we, we still are, you know, against the man, the big corporation man, but it's like, if you want to thrive, get paid more and have more opportunities, it's the people that are staying a little bit later and just getting the things done so then that they're improving the bottom line, some mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. cost reduction, waste reduction, whatever it is, revenue ing increase, but they're doing some sort of quantifier and they want to work on that. And so, I mean, I once heard a story of, um, it was a uh, girl that had done all of her boss's uh, work and, or like she did like this presentation at first, she did the whole thing and her boss was like, oh. And then all of a sudden she did like her whole work week stuff. And then the boss's boss recognized it and pretty much promoted that person. So it's like kind of a cheap way to get ahead. But I mean, like people are doing this. People don't want to mess around and just, hey, I'm going to go spend a third of my life with strangers away from my kid. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of get in line and see what I have to do. It's like, no, they want people that are thinking ahead and, and, and are trying to make this thing, you know, tick. So 
You, it, well, I, I love what you just said, and it all ties back to what you had mentioned earlier about value. And so many people, um, I'm sure they come to you. I have clients come to me and they want to talk about they're passionate. I'm passionate. I'm passionate. Well, you know what? If you are actively engaging on LinkedIn with your career, reading articles in your industry, you are actually demonstrating that you're passionate because, you know, I could tell you I'm anything. It doesn't mean much if you don't see any evidence of it. Exactly. And that's the other thing is the, the whole soft skill game. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm a communicator and a team player. And all that. <laughs> but I mean, it's like I wish job seekers. And I, I mean, I get it. Some of the early career folks, you know, they don't know. But as you get older uh, and you get more established, I mean, you got to start understanding, you know, the writings on the wall. What do you do for me to make me want to pay you? And that's what it comes down to. And it's like, if you're not showing that off, yeah, you might be kicking the tires a while and, and the can down the street for for your whole career just because you never really, you know, either didn't put yourself out there or just didn't strategize on your job hunt. You just kind of went along with the flow. And that's fine. Some people that's fine for, and that's great. I'm just, I'm not wired like that. And I know some people that, you know, are like my brother, he's just, he's fine with that kind of style and lifestyle, but then I see him struggling and stuff. So it's like, you know, I just, it depends on everyone's situation, but more or less, if you're the type that has gumption and wants to get out there and make things happen. Yeah. Do it by demonstration, like you said, and get active because this is the world we live in now. There's no other spots you're missing out on. Just, you know, get on your, get in your sandboxes where your target audience lives. Majority of us are in LinkedIn, but, uh, and get in those sandboxes and start, start throwing some sand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, one of the things also that I as that I noticed on your profile um, is that you coach people to eliminate what's holding them back in their job search, and I think that's that's interesting. I think sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, it may be fear people that they're working on their own resume or LinkedIn profile and they're working on it for six months because they really you know they're they don't want to really get out there. So, what would you say? Um, is is sort of the biggest mistake most people make that holds them back in their in their job search. Well, I think what we said earlier probably might be tied. Well, twofold. So I'll say the first one probably is prepar or strategy, right? Preparation, having an intent. Mm -hmm. Going, I'm going to do this Monday, Tuesday. That's why my career coaching program is six weeks. Every Monday through Friday, eight to five, you have things across off every hour, every couple hours, give or take, whatever the day is. So like there's actual things we need to be doing and crossing off. So people don't have to guess. Um, but if you're, you know, kind of DIYing your job hunt, just start off by simply having a calendar first and a tracker and then start to have a means, right? Start to build up your means. What are you going to do? Are you going to share this? Or are you going to post this? Or are you going to whatever? Start to kind of, and you can even look Google this stuff. People have lists like this and things all over. So just start simple. Um, but I think what gets in their way the most other than lack of preparation is confidence because um, so when job hunting, like I said earlier, it's not this, this, and it, we're not building rockets. I love that, that, that analogy, but it always works because literally whoever builds rockets is brilliant. Um, but it's like, you are just trying to get, get somebody to, you know, look at your, look at you in person and, and hopefully give you, give you a chance to talk to them about how neat you are. And it's like, so don't think of it. Like the reason why we try to make it so hard, I guess, is because Again, it's time consuming and, it, and it's and it's costly. So there's a lot of things in the way from you meeting that person that has a decision. But if you do it smart and you get to the core of what their needs are and then present yourself as that troubleshooter and that, again, tiling all of their pains, they'll most likely want to talk to you. But then when you get in there, 
you got to have the confidence. So I think confidence is where a lot of my uh, clients will lack of, you know, either confidence. I'm not sure how to start the job hunt or confidence like during an interview. And so a lot of that is just preparing with knowledge because knowledge will get you the confidence. If you, and it's not like knowledge of a medical exam. You're not trying to be a doctor (laughs) one day to do this thing. This is just one interview. They got 10 things on this job you're going to be doing. And you've been doing this type of work for five years already. Can you do these 10 things? If so, show them you can and then talk about it during the interview. Because now you're going to be resonating with them because you're just talking about stuff they care about. You're not talking about stuff that you generally did that was really cool. Now, if you don't have a lot of things that resonate with them, they could bring in the cool things. But get to their point. They got they, they don't want to spend much more time in that room than they have to. So get them understanding <laughs> that by doing that. Got to have confidence. Yeah, you know, I I was going to um to ask you about because I know you do one on one coaching, uh, interview, co- you know, different kinds of coaching, but interview coaching specifically. And I I think that that is one of the areas where where people do stumble a lot. Um, and I'd like to I'd like to have your thoughts on you know sort of prepping in advance, not you know having memorizing things, but I have found with people that I've talked to, people I've worked with, that often um, if they're not somewhat prepared, they ramble, you know, and if they get, they get that, tell me about yourself. It's like, well, you know, in college, I knew that this, and it's like 10 minutes later, the interviewer's <laughs> like, oh, you know. So what um, what would be some, your advice, do you, do you advocate for for prepping and how much and how do you do it? Yes. Uh, and, and it's kind of piggybacking off of what I said about learning the job description, what's their needs, and then mm-hmm. trying to cross off those boxes. So first and foremost, and this is how I write resumes, is I reverse engineer from the job target. And what I'll try to do is not only take the five or 10 tasks and put them into the resume, but I I make it my own in terms of like what their accomplishment was. So, hey, if you need to handle the full project management life cycle, let's talk about a really unique situation where you did do that. We know you've done it five years, but give me one that just gives them a little personalization, a little customization about your onus, a very cause and effect statement. And so, and I always tell people, you know, when you're presenting a resume to the hiring manager, it's like the meal. And then in the interview room, you're talking about the ingredients. So have it in this quick, concise resume-esque line. And if you can't do that, you hire people like us that can get it to that point. (laughs) And then in the interview, know what the heck that line means. So then when they go, can you do this? Oh yes, I can do the full cycle management. In fact, you look at over here, this job, uh, you know, I was handling uh, this neat story over here. Let me tell you about it a little bit more. And so you kind of go into that story because now you're having, again, more stories that lean into what they're doing and what they have a need for versus generalizing. The worst thing you can do is go in there and beat up a project 15 times. No one cares about this one project to hear about it. <laughs> answer. And so I've had it where I actually was coaching and the person I was coaching was essentially saying, Hey, you know, uh, 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 I'm a good team player and I'm a leader. And then I'd ask her another question. Well, uh, that was about a you know a lot of communication and team leading. And then you know I was helping my and I was like, yeah, yeah. You keep saying this. The more general your answer is, the more boring and the less likely you're going to have success. The more relevant and actual customized mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you know you and to, but if it relates to them, meaning the same kind of work, you that that's just. That's bells for them in their head. They're loving that because now you're someone who can actually do it and they have done it. Proof's in the pudding. Oh, you know, that is so true. People and and people don't realize um, often that it's people want to know, how did you do it? Even if you're a great salesperson, your metrics are off the wall. Are those are those like that because you're just selling the hot new product? 
or is it because you have, you know, developed this, um, you know, way of building a pipeline that, you know, that works for you. Um, and even I work with a lot of people who have to say build a department. Well, are you just putting that ad, you know, online or are you going to your um, competition and stealing the rock stars and going yeah. back with people you work with? I mean, it's a whole different feeling, right? Right. Absolutely. And it's funny. Um, that's it just in my world, HR, when, when I was recruiting full time, uh, you know, I remember my manager, one of the big things that stuck out was, you know, he said the good recruiters recruit the person, not the requisition. They recruit the candidate because then you're stacking a pipeline. So when openings come up, you've got great qualified, ready to go people if they're still available um, to go. And and those were the recruiters that were having the big numbers and having success. And the, the rest were if you were just recruiting a requisition, meaning the opening and every person you meet, all you're doing is vetting them for this job and you're tossing them to the side after you're going to be struggling to keep up. So exactly. You got to give some sort of scope and perspective. Um, and I think the resume, again, is your springboard to have those discussions and be prepared, though, for some of those questions. Like you just said, that's great. I mean, hey, you were in sales, but was it the new product or are you building pipelines and cultivating relations? Um, and so, you know, you have to make sure you're presenting yourself with that knowledge and understanding of what you've done in your career. When people are like, I don't know what I've been doing these past five years. Like they forget. And it's like, where's your brag book? Like this was what <laughs> you did. And I get it. We're, you know, we're constantly, you know, we're on to the next thing. Um, so you forget a lot of that stuff, but it's like, that's why you got to hold yourself accountable to track wins. So when this stuff comes up, not only can we embed it in the resume, but now you can actually start using some of this as, as arsenal for the interview. Yes, that is so true. And for anyone who is watching now, watching the replay or listening to this on the podcast, start writing that stuff down today, right? Yes. Start keeping track of it because it will make it so much easier when you need it that, you know, it'll save you a lot of time. So, um, so I have to ask you, what do you enjoy most about what you do? Um, you know, that's a good question. I mean, it's like, I love the consultation stuff, but sometimes even I'm like on my toes, like, what are they going to ask me uh, when we're doing coaching? Cause you know, we're trying to establish kind of things. So it's going to be nervy, but I do enjoy when I'm just talking with people and we're vibing, um, you know, and we're having like a harmonious collaboration where there's, everything's just kind of working. So I feel like that's probably the, I'm a talker. So whenever, and I'm working at home, obviously I always do even pre pandemic, but which I'm very fortunate to do that. But uh, so anytime I can talk to somebody, it's like, okay. Uh, and I love being able to, um, you know, the cold calling. I also like, I'm a big, I'm, I love sales. I just love it. I don't know why, but the cold calling still gets a little kind of, you know, has its beats and it's so, so, uh, but when we actually engage in coaching, like today, I got a couple coaching sessions, um, actually three of them. And I love doing, um, you know, figuring out like what, 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 what's logically, uh, acceptable for them to work, like who's going to actually want to pay them to do something right logically, but also what's with what, does that align with their passion? Um, and if you could find that kind of avenue and then help guide them to get down there, that's fun stuff because you've altered someone's life. Um, but I, I am biased to interview train too. I do like uh, interview training. For, I don't even know why interview is so boring, but I just I love training people through it. Well <laughs> It, it, it's funny that you talk about, you know, enjoying conversations. And that's part of the reason that I do these these broadcasts every week, because I love to meet people. I love to have interesting conversations. I learn something from every single person that I talk to. And as we are getting sort of close to the end, um, I always like to ask, is there something that, you know, we've covered a few different areas. Is there something that I did not ask you, we haven't discussed that you feel is important to mention? 
I don't think so. I would say, you know, in terms of just last note is, again, be pragmatic. Uh, hiring is wonky and there's a lot of personalities. Some should not be even be in control of staffing, but they are. A lot of boneheads in the world, let alone just people controlling other lives, which is scary. Um, but if you're pragmatic and very logical in the way you approach and less is more, again, I don't need to know everything, you know, when you present yourself, uh, just be mindful, pragmatism. Don't get too quirky, funny, cute. If I'm an executive, I have to have smarter language on my resume. No, because the people that are vetting you are don't know what the heck you're talking about. Keep it a macro level operational impact, not nitty mm-hmm. gritty bunch of acronyms. Um, you can talk about that stuff in the interview room. I don't need that on my resume. I'm, I'm a marketing major who recruited engineers. I don't need to know the nuts and bolts. I just need to know from a st- process standpoint how you're mm-hmm. successful. So keep it pragmatic, less is more. And then um, give back. Don't expect to receive when you are trying to plant those seeds. Um, and then just know that they're not against you. I was a recruiter. I met with hiring managers. Some of them, yeah, were wonky. Um, but most of them are just, you know, just like the rest of us. So, again, it's expensive and time consuming to do staffing. So just be mindful. That's why there's some hoops to go through. Because otherwise, we would never hire anybody because we got to interview 1,500 people for one Google job. <laughs> you know I mean, like, let's think about this, people. So be kind and don't, don't you know, be kind to the hiring people and especially recruiters. Well, I, I appreciate, I appreciate all of those things that you said. And I, I think um, it is important for people, you know, to think about what they're doing and have some process in place. And the idea of, of being kind, you know, there's a, there's a joke that's gone around about uh, someone coming for a job interview and like fighting with somebody in the parking lot. And then they go and sit down and that's the person that's going to be interviewing them. Right. And, you know, and I've heard also that, that there are, you know, it's not uncommon for someone to go to the receptions and say, you know, how did that person treat you? Um, right. I mean, would you say that that is, is so too? It is. I mean, I, I remember um, having instances when I worked at Johnson Controls where because we had that kind of walk in approach. Still, believe it or not, people used to walk in with applications and things. Um, and uh, um, but it was true because you would have some people come in and they were just so like almost rude or like you owed them. Um, you know, God knows whatever happened to them getting burned in the past. But um, and then hire and, and my hiring manager's like, do you see what that guy, you know, even perception, you see what he was wearing? Don't even bring that guy in for interview and stuff like that, where it's like. Oh, okay. So bias up, you know, and, and, and but whatever. So you got to be mindful, always be proper, be communicative uh, in a proper way, be kind. And, and I would say rather than coming in hot, meek is probably the, 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 the way to fall on it first, be kind of someone who's going to be a little bit more um, uh, um, conscious of what, before they talk, because you're approaching someone cold and they have this upper hand of a, of a role. Don't go in hot. They're going to come out here. They're going to, they're going to, see you coming in like that. So, you know, proper, quick and short and, and pleasant, you know, you, you'd be all right. Well, I thank you so much for, for joining me here today. It's been such a treat chatting with you. I learned some things and I know our audience has as well. I've seen people liking and applauding as you, we've been talking here. So oh, um, thank you again. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Smarter Career Moves podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe.